0: Any signing comes with pressure, but then to be record signing is is that added pressure. But you know, as players, we don't ask for any of the how much we go for or anything like that. You know, my last season at Wolves and my first season at West Ham, I put in the most crosses in Europe and the most successful crosses in Europe. So for me, it was a it was a great start to my career. And,
1: Hello, I'm Jim Salverson and this is Football Stories. This is the second series of this podcast, Season 1, focused on the untold stories from off the pitch. Season 2 is focusing from the stories on it and telling his story today is an old hero of mine as I talk to Wolves, Norwich and West Ham winger Matt Jarvis. Now, I'm a West Ham fan and I remember being hugely excited when Matt joined the club as our record signing. Sadly, it never turned out to be the dream move that many hoped it would be as injuries hampered his time in East London a little. And that's something that went on to impact Matt's career right up to the present day. One of the things that I took away from my conversation with Matt was how much you can tell he loves football and he loves playing football. And there's no doubt in my mind that is why at the age of 35, the once capped England International is now currently lacing up his boots on a weekend to turn out for woking in the National League. There can't be many professionals who have made that journey. Really enjoyed my conversation with Matt Jarvis, so hopefully you will as well. This is Matt Jarvis's football story. Once of Wolves, West Ham, Norwich, and briefly of England as well. One England captain to your name, Matt. That's where I want to start, if that's okay, because I think there's a really interesting stat I saw about where the players who featured in the game in which you got your first England cap are now and what they're doing. So it was Fabio Capello back in 2011. So 10 years on from that now, six of the team that you played with in that game are still in the Premier League. Two are playing football in the championship, two are abroad and you, you're playing down in the fifth tier of English football with Woking, and I think it's a fascinating story. I don't know what what drives a player who was a Premier League player, was a record signing for West Ham, was an England international to go down the leagues and play for a club with no disrespect to Woking, but a club that is a considerable step back from where you started.
0: Um, yeah, good question. For me, it was all it's all about my just. My desire, my love for the game, wanting to to get back and play football. Um, I had a, a difficult spell at Norwich after such a great start, and um, you know, getting back from injuries, I just wanted to carry on playing and, and for the enjoyment of of the game and, and love playing football. And it was just an opportunity that came up. Um, you know, it's local to me. It was part time. It was. Um, it's just something that's. For me, I thought at, the, at that moment I just had a just had a daughter, so I've got two kids now. It was just the right time for me to to just get back to enjoying playing football, enjoying myself, being close to home, and and it's a fantastic club. And and as you say, know, yeah, it's uh, it's just the drive to to play football again.
1: Do you think that makes you a rare beast in the sport nowadays? The fact that you still have this love for the game, because an increasing amount of footballers. Seem to play almost begrudgingly at time, and don't seem to have this passion for the game itself. And I mean, you were playing football at an era where I assume once it didn't work out at Norwich, and you suffered with a few injuries there, you could have been quite comfortable hanging up your boots and never playing again.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it it came to a point that I was I wasn't ready to to finish playing. Um, I still wanted to play. I had a couple of options, a couple of clubs that sort of let me down a little bit, and then this. Just sort of, uh, you know, fell into place, and 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 for me, it was just the perfect combination at the at that time of at time and place. So mm. it, it just sort of happened very quickly. You know, I, as I said, I, I wasn't sort of ready to hang up my boots. I, I felt I still could play, uh, you know I still could play at a high level, but this was just the opportunity that came up, and and I was delighted to sign. Do
1: you still get the same buzz? walking out on the pitch for Woking as you did I mean say for example walking out at West Ham at the old Upton Park
0: one of the great atmospheres in football I imagine that feels a little bit different but do you still get the buzz? Unfortunately there's obviously it's not been any crowds or anything so it's it's been a real it's so difficult I know everyone's sort of suffered with it because it's that's what drives you on when you're on the pitch. When you walk out, it's the atmosphere, the crowd, the, everything that that comes with it. So it's it's a real disappointment to to not have that. And when you can hear the ball echoing round everywhere, it's just not quite the same. But I still get the you know the the buzz of when you're walking out ready for the game. I, you know you still get that. Once you lose that, I think it's it's time to call a day really.
1: Going back to 2011, there was the one cap for your country. I'm a West Ham fan. I remember you signing for West Ham. And I remember thinking that there was a potential England core in that West Ham team with you on the wing and Andy Carroll up front. Do you feel like you deserve more? Do you feel like you, got, you deserve more of a chance as
0: a player in the England team? Uh, obviously, I would have loved to, to get more appearances. You know, it's an absolute honour to play for your country. Um, I think at the time when I got my England cap, the other players that were in my position, you know, I had like sort of um, Theo Walcott, uh, Aaron Lennon, Stuart Downing, mm. Ashley Young, James Milner. There were, these were players that were playing, at you know, right at the top of the Premier League. And so for me to, you know, I was at Wolves, we were sort of <laughs> fighting relegation, I suppose. So to be actually able to get in the squad at that point with them players available, I, I, I felt I... Had, you know had done extremely well so i was obviously disappointed to not get another another chance as, as my form sort of carried on I, th- I still felt like i was playing well um, and then obviously to get the move to, to west ham was was a massive part of you know why i wanted to go to west ham to be back in the premier league to be playing you know for a fantastic club and and unfortunately it just it didn't happen for me
1: how did Capello handle that situation as England boss because he's a manager who's come under a lot of criticism for his man management to be in the, in the squad and then out of the squad I imagine you weren't getting phone calls to kind of reassure you that there was a route back in or anything
0: like that at the time? No unfortunately not but it was just a fantastic sort of experience for me you know, he's a manager that's done it in so many different countries so many different teams it's he's got a fantastic track record it was just for me it was great to be able to go along and and, you know enjoy the whole experience of being involved playing for your country but also learning off the likes of him and and all the other players that were were there so you know i didn't i didn't get the phone call i didn't get anything but um that's that i think is part and parcel of of being a professional sportsman and and um you know he he obviously had a, a lot more more important things to be getting on with as we said she signed for west ham in
1: 2012 you started your youth career at Millwall and obviously West Ham and Millwall have this rivalry going way back. What was that like having started your career at Millwall and it didn't quite work out for you at Millwall. So then signing for West Ham, was it a bit of a kind of a two fingers (laughs) to to Millwall to go, look, I could have done it. Or was there a a little bit of conflict there?
0: (laughs) No, for me, obviously, you know, I was at Millwall for, I think, six, seven years as a kid, but you know, at 16, I got told I wasn't good enough and got released. So it was a little bit of like, well, you know, ever since that, I went to Gillingham and um, every time I played against Millwall, I seemed to score or we won the game. So it was just signing for West Ham was an absolutely amazing, amazing thing to do. As you said, club record signing, it was a huge club. So there wasn't really anything for me in the Millwall West Ham. I was always just, you know, I got, I got let go from Millwall. So <laughs> I, I had nothing. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just fantastic to be able to, to sign for the Hammers
1: how much pressure do those two words that you mentioned there put on you as a player, that record signing tag, how difficult is it
0: to play with that over your shoulders? Obviously that there is, you know, any signing comes with pressure, but then to be record signing is, is that added pressure. But, you know, as players, we don't, we don't ask for any of the how much we go for or anything like that. So it's for me, it was all about just trying to get my head down, hit the ground running. And, um, you know, my last season at Wolves and my first season at West Ham, I put in the most crosses in Europe and the most successful crosses in Europe. So for me, it was a it was a great start to my career yeah. at Hammers. What do you make about what's going
1: on at West Ham now? Because they seem to be having a storming season that no one expected. I think most fans expected us to be at the other end of the table, but here we are challenging for European football, potentially Champions League success. What do you put it down to, that
0: success? I think it's a fun, you know, watching now, it's fantastic to see them where they are. You know, that getting European football will be such a huge bonus for the club, for the fans and everything, especially after, you know, this year when they've not been able to go, which I suppose maybe, you know, if you weigh it up, has has that had an effect on the team? I don't know. But I think David Moyes has done a superb job in, in the way he's managed the team, he's he's basically found the system that he wants to play, found the players that will work best in that system. And they're all working for each other. You can see the team spirit is is fantastic. And I think at the minute, the signings that he's made, you know, Suchek and Kufal have been outstanding. And then, you know, coming into the January, you know, Lingard's coming in and, and has been absolutely incredible. So they've made some really good tweaks to the squad and everyone is actually playing at their top level. There's not anyone that's sort of dropped off. They're all playing at a really high level, which Mm. is exactly what you need. And, And that's why they are where they are in the league. You
1: mentioned the team spirit there. I think that's a key part of the success this season for me. How important is that as a player to have that bond in the dressing room? Because I guess it's quite difficult to quantify the idea that it should affect the way you play or your ability on the pitch in any way. But it does seem to be a real vital part of successful teams
0: definitely I mean when I was there the squad was incredible you know that we were such a tight-knit group and it was like the only way I could sort of describe it is it is if you were going to war and who would you want coming with you and if you could look around a room and see you know four five six seven eight nine ten you know however many Mm. you wanted in that change room that would come with you you were going to win the game or at least you know you were going to have a fighting chance because if you made a mistake you always had your mate that was going to try and back you up they were trying to get you out of jail and then you were all pushing in the right direction and to have that off the pitch as well as around the training ground in training it makes a huge difference you don't want to be going into training going I don't really like any of these and you know but on a match day you're like yeah high-fiving and that it doesn't work like that to to be a a close-knit group is is a is a fantastic positive and and as you said, it's it's made a massive difference for, for the team's position this year.
1: From your time at West Ham, it was a move to Norwich, as you mentioned. Didn't quite work out. You were hampered by injury there. How difficult is it to deal with long-term injuries as a player that's stopping you do the thing that you love doing?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was the, it was, it's the hardest sort of few years of my life, let alone football career. You know, I, I, at the time, you know, everything when I went to Norwich was amazing. I started, I scored my debut scored in my second game we were flying as a team and then you know got knee injury had surgery got come back had ankle injury had surgery come back had it band had surgery it was just it was an absolute disaster and it wasn't for the lack of you know I was in every single day working hard Mm. that's that's the that's the demoralising sort of situation that you you're in every day. You're working harder. You're in the gym or wherever you are, but you look out onto the training pitch and all you can see is all the lads training. And then you go to the game on a Saturday and you're watching. And and I hated that. I hated watching when I couldn't be involved because you always want to help the team. And and from where I was, I couldn't do anything. So it was it was really difficult. And obviously being in pain was. <laughs> Was extremely extremely tough, and you know, my my wife and I we just had our firstborn, um, so she was sort of back down south with him quite a lot. So I was sort of up there a lot of the time on my own, which again was was difficult. And to be injured and to not be playing and, and have all of that going on is it's extremely hard. So mentally and physically, it was it's, it's it's very difficult. I had very good friends and family around me um, at the time. I, su- I suppose, if you say lucky, that I had um, Louis Thompson, who was, um, he done, it, he ruptured his Achilles twice, actually. And so he was a long term injury with me. So we would be able to sort of work together in the gym. And um, yeah, if we were having a tough day one of us the other one would try and pick ourselves yeah. up so it was it was quite good that way
1: do you think you get enough support or do you think players in general get enough support when they're going through injuries when they're out of the team and they're not spending their week in week out with their teammates they're maybe alone in treatment rooms do you think there is enough support mentally i mean physically i guess there is support but mentally is there is it there
0: I think, I think nowadays there's, there's so much that there is available. Not saying that players would use it, maybe. Um, you know, you all think you can handle it yourselves and, and it's fine. But there is support around. And like I said, I was, I was lucky enough that other players that were in and around injured at the time that would be able to help me uh, help each other sort of get through different bits. And, and you've obviously got, you've hopefully you've got a good friends and family around you that, that can pull you through.
1: Matt, it's really nice to speak to you. I think I can hear you talk with an absolute love of the game, which is always good to hear from pros. If you could take one moment from your career, one second and kind of bottle it and take
0: that away from you forevermore, which bit would it be? To be honest, there's loads, but I don't think you can get, like everyone's childhood dream is to play for their country. and, And for me, I can still, every single moment I can feel is that me coming on the pitch and just being like, i've sort of done it i've made my dream come true i've played for my country just them initial seconds when you walk on the pitch is just like no one can take this away from me i, I i've done it and then obviously you you sort of go into football mode and you 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 get into day-to-day business but um that initial moment is something that i'll never forget yeah when you close your eyes can you still see it and hear it and smell it yeah no, I, to, to be honest i can i can still feel everything I, I even remember being warming up and looking back and getting that you know wave to come back and just butterflies and sprinting back to take my shirt off get my shirt on, get myself on the picture as quickly as possible just yeah i can remember it like yesterday i know i can't believe it's 10 years but <laughs> i i can remember it like yesterday
1: Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck with woking when everything resumes and gets back on the way, and the fans get all back in there and stuff. Hopefully, you
0: have success there What's next after? Have you have you planned that far ahead? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, at the moment, I'm doing you know a bit of media work, a bit of punditry, and and I'm really enjoying that. So hopefully, you know, uh, doing some more podcasts and and bits and pieces. So that that would be something that I would like to sort of get myself into. So yeah, that would be something to to carry on with
1: thanks for listening to this episode of football stories from the sports social podcast network if you've enjoyed season two and you've listened to all the episodes in season two why not go back to season one and listen to some of the untold stories from off the pitch and if you happen to be a sport content creator if you've got your own podcast why not come and join the sports social podcast network find more information or find your next favorite sport podcast by searching sports social podcast network